Here's Buddy Franklin knocked away by Morris. Couldn't mark it. Naismith, Kennedy, handball out to Buddy. Buddy tackled by Morris. Oh! Dropping the ball. Boyd took the advantage and played on from inside the centre square. Boyd's kicked the goal. Boyd's oh! kicked the goal from inside the centre. Welcome to the SC Playbook podcast for another week of the AFL season. My name, as always, is Eddie Dads. I'm going to be running you through all things Supercoach related tonight. We're, as always, proudly brought to you by Pat and George from Mortgage Choice SCW. And yeah, it's a very exciting podcast tonight because uh, finally we've managed to get two of the the old fossils of the the Supercoach game on the pod to help me out tonight. Firstly, you've, you've heard his voice most weeks this season. Uh, he's looking resplendent in his MJ23 jersey and his nice beanie in the background there. Stevie Nico, coach of Lovsky FC, overall runner-up in 2021. Nico, how goes it on this fine Tuesday evening? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, Eddie. Um, thanks for having me on again. Just a little tummy bug going through the family at the minute, so we're all a little bit under the weather, but um, yeah, I've... You know, the boys cop it a bit harder than, than the girls, so I've been on the couch a little bit and getting the <laughs> wife to give me a hot water bottle and a cup of tea here and there. So, Plenty yeah. of time to scroll Twitter and, uh, and put out a few hot takes, Nico. Uh, as always, your weekly article is, is causing a bit of a stir on the socials, I noticed today. Uh, you're a big, big believer in a certain Blues midfielder who we're going to get to later. And speaking of the Blues, it's another great of the Supercoach game who joins me on the other end of the line. He's... He's down in Tassie. The internet's a little bit dodgy down there. He doesn't have a video on, but he's uh, he's going well. It's Rob, Rob Rainman, Rainbird, uh, one of the greats of the Supercoach and fantasy industries. Uh, Rainman, how goes it down in the Apple Isle this fine evening? Good, Eddie. We can't afford a new stadium and good internet, so we've had to make a sacrifice somewhere, uh, but all going well. What do you make of some of the discourse tonight, Rain Man? I've just seen a few things popping up on Twitter that the the nineteenth team might be in a bit of trouble. The the government's not putting any funds towards it. Uh, the opposition's against it. What do you make of the whole situation, mate? Hobartians will oppose anything that could be progress related. So yeah, just a bit of white noise, mate. Don't worry about it. We'll be fine. Well, I'm very excited to get into things with you guys this evening. But first off, I just want to get a little bit of indication of. How you've been going, how your team's been looking, Rayman. It's been a couple of weeks since we got you on the pod, so I might start with you. How is how is your Supercoach team faring? How are you feeling about it? What Where, where are we at for the round and, and how we place going into the next few weeks? Better than it had been last time I was on. I reckon in the last probably three to four weeks, I've probably jumped about 25,000 spots. So that's been a good thing. Um, up to just in the top 10K, just 9936 is my ranking uh, with a 2288 on the weekend, which wasn't bad. So just been trying to concentrate on a bit of upgrade cadence each week. So bringing in some discounted primos has been my theory. Um, starting to pay a little bit of fruition. For the last three or four weeks, I actually like my team, just haven't performed. But a couple of weeks have been pretty good. I think I'm similar spot to you, Rainman. I, I had two one nine four for the round, which is my best in terms of round rankings for for quite some time. That bumped me up a couple of thousand spots overall, up to eighteen thousand. But I, I think, like you, I actually feel better about my team than the ranking would suggest. And yeah, there are some underpriced primos that we're going to discuss at some point during this pod. And yeah, liking the look of some of them, liking the look of where my team's at. I've got a few trades in the bank. The uh, the buy structure is looking okay. So eighteen thousand. I think we're I think we're at least placed for a, for a good little push into the top ten thousand what about you nico you've been on fire the last few weeks and and as far as i'm aware it continued over the weekend i got a 2249 so that got me four out of five league wins including one over you eddie which was <sighs> lovely 
so my rankings shot up another 1,200 spots. So I'm up to 2,746. So I've been trending upward, and I'm, I'm pretty confident that um, that that's going to continue. You're in a great spot. Uh, the the thing that crawled me over the weekend, as it seems to have done a fair few times this season, was getting greedy with captaincy choices again. I had the Oliver 119 locked in with my vice captain, uh, decided that my overall ranking warranted a bit of a risk-taking approach and went with Jordan Dawson uh, at Adelaide Oval against the Saints on Sunday, which again just turned out to be the wrong decision. I think that's about three or four times I've just cost myself, you know, a few hundred points overall by by being silly with captain. Nico, I think you were you're in camp play at safe. You took Oliver's VC, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I did. I definitely flirted with the idea of Dawson because it on paper it, it really looked like he was going to go big and, and potentially you know go 150 again at Adelaide Oval. But um, yeah, look, I just it was one of those things where I sort of. I didn't do it for Bont, and I was like, well, why should I do it for Dawson? So I just, yeah, I, I, I played it safe, as you said. The results are definitely in your favor there. What went right for you over the weekend, Rainman? 2,200, never a score to sniff at. I think that would have put you easily in the top 10,000 for the round. So what went right for you? Yeah, I think I think it was about in the top uh, 4,000 or so. Um, look, just my my primos fired um, and a couple of the uniques I have. So, I mean, Shrek was great. Uh, Errol was good. Um, I didn't have a few of the uh, issues that a few people have, so I don't have Hopper. Um, didn't have Mills, which obviously helped. Um, Zach Butters was, was good again um, and brought in... Uh, a never again list of this week who performed okay in Lockie Whitfield. So so that helped as well. Wow. Very interesting. I've got to give a shout out at this point, by the way, to one of my regular listening mates this podcast, Will Guest, who brought in Callum Mills and put the captain on him straight up in his first week in his team, Ooh. which is uh, Ouch. that's a that's a season ruiner, unfortunately. So Will, we're we're all feeling for you over here. <laughs> it's yeah, a very unfortunate. <laughs> Nico, you know, we were speaking this time last week about I think Errol Goulden was in your trade plans. Did you yeah. manage to bring him in or did you have to watch another 150 from the sidelines? No, I did. I brought him in. So that was uh, lovely to, to see. So definitely wasn't expecting another 150, but I was expecting, you know, 100 sort of plus score. So really nice to see that. And boy, he's, he's probably the informed player of the comp at the minute. He is a freak. And boys, I have to admit that uh, partly my reasoning for wanting to get you two on the pod this week was a little uh, little Sunday Arvo showdown at the MCG between a certain Collingwood and Carlton outfits. <laughs> How are we feeling about the game, Ran Man? It's been a pretty pretty average couple of weeks for the Blues. Are you guys any chance against the against Nico's Pies this weekend? Absolutely zero. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, I was just looking at the dollar thirty eight on Betfair and I was like <laughs> I'll put the house on that. <laughs> it's going to be pretty grim. I think Collingwood are probably going to run amok there. Uh, boys, one of the segments we've been doing every week this year, uh, I like to give a bit of a shout out and a bit of a a bit of a how you going to a few players. So I've been doing the SC Playbook Most Valuable and Least Valuable Players of the Week Awards. Uh, I wanted to start us off with the most valuable players of the week. Uh, for me, it was actually a, a pretty a pretty good week in terms of my MVPs. Uh, Errol gets the three. He was just outstanding, as you mentioned, Nico. Fantastic. Uh, he's really repaying some of that faith. Uh, I hope everyone that had him stayed on him for the for this last month worth of form. He's been basically the best player in the comp. Two votes goes to my boy Mason Redmond. Boys, what a bounce back that was. Uh, desperately needed uh, <laughs> after an absolutely horrific couple of weeks. And then my one vote is going to go to Shrek. 
uh, who is yeah pro- potentially the informed ruckman in the comp at the moment, which is which is kind of strange to say. Him and him and Marshall kind of firming is that R one R two one two punch, which uh, I think we didn't really expect about a month ago. And Tim English has sort of dropped off a little bit. So those are my most valuable player of the week votes. Uh, Nico, where did you go for the award this week? Yeah, three to Goulden as well for his one fifty six uh, on debut for me. Sean Darcy with two for his one hundred and fifty one. As you said, he's um he he's actually pretty much a pot. I think he's only in ten percent of teams, so a lot of people have English. So every time that English has a, a low one and Darcy has a big one, it, it's really good for my rank um, and probably for all of our ranks on here because we've all got him. I think so. Uh, and one to Rowan Marshall for his one hundred thirty-one, uh, just because there was a little bit of talk about him maybe missing with the, with a rolled ankle and and he came out and dominated. So that was good to see. Very good to see. Rainman, what about you? Who do you want to give some flowers to this weekend? Yeah, I, th- I think it's um, reflective of how we all uh, scored reasonably well. I think we're, we're going to have similar players. I actually have missed Errol out because I've kind of expected it from last week. So he's not in, in my votes this week. But three goes to Big big Shrek because, I, I, you know, he's he's copped a bit. A few people traded him early and he's really starting to pay pay that back. So really happy with that. Um, I've got Zach Butters as two votes because um, he's done pretty well since I bought him in. Um, so I bought him in about three weeks ago, and I've been really happy with him, and he's a good unique. So uh, I'll take that for Butters. And I'm giving one point to Will Ashcroft. Um, I held him, uh, played him on field. So his 90-odd uh, or low 100, whatever it turned out to be, was was pretty nice at an M7. I don't think we've spoken to you, Rainman, since you brought in Zach Butters, but I thought that was a really, really interesting trade at the time. And I'd love you to just walk us through your reasoning behind bringing in Butters because it's been an inspired choice uh, given his form over the last few weeks. Look, I think uh, I'm I'm a real tight ass, Eddie, so I'm a bit of a discount shopper, to be fair. So when there's an opportunity to cash in a couple of rooks, um, so two rooks off field and bring in a premium, I'll always go with that option. Um, when I bought Butters in, it was actually three rooks down for two premiums up. So anybody that has, uh, I feel like has bottomed out, but also has the ceiling. So it's that real risk-reward factor. Same argument with Lockie Whitfield. This week, if it gets a rookie off-field, gets somebody on-field that has shown premium scoring previously, they've definitely got the upside. I reckon it's worth the risk. I love it. Uh, in terms of least valuable players of the week, boys, I'm going to pot a few guys who might be a little bit unlucky here, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, the number one one vote goes to Jacob Hopper for mine. Uh, he just puts, puts all of us in a little bit of an awkward position. Um, he does need to be traded. Uh, but it's just not a good score and he's going to drop a little bit in price, which doesn't help anything. Jordan Dawson, I mentioned him, my captain on Sunday Arvo. Uh, he's been given a lot of plaudits so far this season. So when he does stuff up, I'm, I'm going to be really hard on him. He gets my two and then Connor McKenna gets the three. Uh, yeah, it just hasn't been a good couple of weeks of footy for him and he now looks like he's going to need to be traded as, as kind of a priority where I think me, like a lot of other coaches, were hoping he'd be able to hang on to that D6 spot until the buyers. So those that's where I've gone with my least valuable players. Uh, Rainman, what about you? Where, where's your brain at with that one? Yeah, one vote went to Callum Mills. I don't own him, and it's a bit harsh on the, the poor bugger, but really killed people that did bring him in, so I, I feel sorry for those. Um, and then I've potted a couple of rookies. Um, Kate Chandler has been on fire, but really didn't need him to stink it up with two votes. And by the same token, Chincotta, um, had him on field because um, his form dictated that, um, and he just threw up an absolute stinker. 
Yep, I had him on field as well, and that was painful. Same with Chandler. I think that that cost me a much higher score for the round. Nico, round us out here. Who are you going to pot with your last least valuable player votes? Yeah, we'll, we'll pot a couple of rookies uh, again. Blake, Blake Jury for his 17. Lots of people went early on him, uh, and he's potentially played himself out of selection, potentially, so one to watch there. Uh, Chinkotta for his 33 on field for me as well. Um, and if... It was harsh of Rain Man to give Mills one. I've given him three. Oh, <laughs> because, wow. I mean, <laughs> copping a four, uh, obviously on field, and losing 50-odd K when you think you've got a bargain uh, at the same token. I mean, if that's not least valuable player, I don't know what is. I can't wait to chat through Mills a little later in this pod- podcast because his price is just going to be uh, extremely enticing in, in a couple of weeks. So I'm excited for that. Now, boys, it's been a long AFL season already, and if your super coach team has been stinking it, stinking it up and you've been dreaming about cocktails on the beach in Mexico, eating gelato in Rome, or not even being able to remember half your time in Vegas with the boys like Nico, Pat and George from Mortgage Choice can help you get there. Wherever you, whatever you want to do and wherever you'd like to go, you can speak to the boys at Mortgage Choice today about how you can get quick and easy access to cash at the lowest rate possible so you can book that last-minute flight today. Message Pat and George on their Instagram handle at Pat and George Mortgage Choice to get it sorted. You can also jump into any of the articles on the SC Playbook website for, the, for their email, phone contact, or QR code details. And remember, if you mention the SC Playbook podcast when you talk to the, talk to the boys, then you won't pay the usual $129 fee. And as always, we thank Pat and George from Mortgage Choice for all of their support for the SC Playbook podcasts across the board. Boys, a lot of big questions to get to today. And I want to start us off on a bit of a sour note. Um, the first thing I want to talk about, I think it's probably one of the more, um, it, it, this says a lot because we've had an injury hit season, but it was probably one of the more injury hit rounds that we've had so far this year, particularly when it comes to those kind of fringe premium midfielders, those guys right on the edge of, you know, um, premium selection that a lot of guys were bringing in, hunting for cash, as Rainman says, a few stingy guys getting around that needed some cheap mids. Uh, and these guys have really hurt us. So I want to start us off with with the aforementioned Callum Mills. Rainman, I handed you the assignment. Uh, sorry, Nico, I handed you the assignment to tell us uh, what's going on with Callum, what you, can, what you can see about his injury and what we can expect from him over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so we're not going to be expecting anything from him in the next couple of weeks. He's out for four to six. Um, so he's done his calf. Um, so, yeah, I, I guess after the game, Horse came out and said that, oh, look, he's unlikely to play in round 10. But then, obviously, he's had scans and, and it's a bit a bit worse than they initially thought. So, yeah, look, he's definitely a trade-out option if you've brought him in, which is depressing. Um, and especially losing that 50K, as I've said, is just adding further insult to injury there. So I'm having a look at his price projections as we speak. Um, Sydney have the round 12 buy. At that point, all things being equal, he's going to be around that 415K mark. Well, he's not is, playing though. Like That's true. Yeah. That's true. He's not going to be playing. So when he does come back and play after a couple of weeks, he's going to be down at towards that 14, 418K mark after he plays a couple of games after his buy. So I think we're probably looking at a sort of round 15, round 16 kind of time frame on him as a super coach option. Rob, is he going to be firmly in your plans at that point? A guy that can pump out over 200 at 400k, um, you, you certainly got to look at him if he comes back right, clearly. Um, even you know, even on a bad day, non-injured, he's going to get you 70 or 80 at worst. But I think that ceiling um, at 400k, you'd be silly not to look at him. 
Absolutely. Uh, the next one that I wanted to talk about was Jack Steele. Uh, again, one of those bargain guys who who would have been in a lot of teams going up into round going up into the the last round. He's unfortunately been subbed out at the end of the Crows uh, St Kilda game. Uh, what do we make of that one, Rayman? Is that something to be concerned about if he did bring in Steele, or was that more of a precautionary precautionary measure? Everything I'm reading on Twitter uh, tells me it's probably precautionary. Roscoe came out and said he should be good to go for this week. Um, it is a little bit worrying, though. There's a couple of niggles he's had this year. Um, not that you'd ever consider him injury-prone, but you'd probably, if, if you were looking at getting him in, you might pause a little bit just to consider that. So, look, he should be fine. He's been playing some good footy. Um, but, yeah, well, let's see what plays out this week, I reckon. Indeed, I think that's one to watch, Nico. I've actually heard a little bit sort of more worrying words around him um, from what Ooh. I've seen. So, Ooh. yeah, I, I w- I'd be um, surprised if he played this week, personally. Interesting, um, okay. I think he's going to try and run, he said, at, you know, later in the week. Um, and they're not going to obviously risk him if he's not 100%. So. He is in currently 7% of teams. Saint, the Saints have a big game against GWS on the weekend and one they really need to win if they want to stamp their top eight credentials. I think he'd be one that I, I would be thinking would be erring on the side of playing if he's at all at all right. Uh, he's going to be he's going to be very cheap in the coming rounds. He's got a break even of 121. He's priced at 527K. So that's certainly one to keep an eye on. Nico, another guy in the same game who uh, absolutely killed me in AFL Fantasy uh, getting subbed out right at the end there was Rory Laird. Uh, looked like he got a bit of a knock to the ribs. Uh, he's had a bit of an injury interrupted season. Uh, what do we make of that one? Yeah, it looks like it's just precautionary. So, you know, they, um, they were ahead of the match. There was no way they were going to lose it. So... I think they've just put their one of their top two players on ice uh, for the last sort of part of the game, which is um, a little bit annoying for us. But you know, it's the kind of thing that happens in the NBA all the time. And definitely, yeah, so um, look, I, I don't mind it. I, obviously, you know, he's had a few little little niggles here and there. So yeah, why not do it if you're the coach, really? As a side note, it would be it would be a real shame if that sort of uh, resting of players started to seep into the AFL from the NBA because as an NBA mm. fantasy player for many years myself, just the the proclivity of that happening over the last few years has just been extremely, extremely painful, particularly over the sort of last month of the season. It's really tough to to pick NBA players with any confidence. So I really hope that doesn't start happening too much in the AFL. Uh, we've got a couple of quick ones to get through. Uh, Luke Davies, Uniac, Rain Man. What can we what can you tell me tell me about him? Yeah, three to five weeks I saw come out today. So uh, that sucks if you've got him in. I know he's had, again, probably a bit like Steele. He's had a couple of ins and outs this year. Um, he's definitely a trade. Um, yeah, just can't really get a run at it this year, poor bugger. When he has, he's been very good. Um, but, yeah, he's, he's probably a bit of a focus for next year now, to be honest. Do you for coaches that did bring in LDU when he was firing early in the season, do you, do you chalk that up as a, a mistake or is that just bad luck at this point, Rainman? Yeah, I think it's just bad. Like, uh, it, it, you had all the right reasons for picking him. His end to last year, what we thought he could do in that midfield, um, certainly showed it in round one. Yeah, you've just got to unfortunately chalk that one up to bad luck. I'll still look at him when he comes back from injury, though, I reckon. Yep, I agree. Yeah. I think yep. he's. I, I think it was the right move bringing him in, and uh, he's definitely not out of my plans for this season. Uh, a couple of quick ones. Rowan Marshall, Nico, I saw a couple of high-profile Twitter accounts kind of tossing up the idea of getting off him um, prior to last round, noting that he had a bit of an injury going into it. Uh, obviously, as we discovered, he's, he's one of the most valuable players of the week with a massive 130. He's going to be fine going into this weekend, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Played out the game. Um, just had a rolled ankle coming into it, but obviously his performance shows that you know he wasn't affected um, anyway from it. Um, similar with um, Petrarca, who hurt his rolled his ankle at the end of the game on the weekend. That he's come out and he should be fine as well. Last one that I want to get to that's relevant from an injury front, and I found this one really, really interesting because he's currently the fifth most traded in player in Supercoach this week. Uh, it's Darcy Cameron, your boy from the Pies, Nico. It sounds like he's on track for a return this week. Rain Man, are we, can we pencil him into the team? Is, is Mason Cox going to keep him out is, uh, or is Darcy Cameron on the return this week? Well, Cox probably played his best or second best game, I reckon, on the weekend. So it's, I reckon it's a hard pick coming in raw um, to, to go with DCAM. I know there's a lot of noise on Twitter about people doing it. And I think, it, again, discounted price, some lack of options and a bit of ruck cover. I think we're all a little bit challenged mm. by ruck cover. So absolutely understand the attraction. Not for me, though. I'd, I'd like to see a week before I jump back on. Still listed as a test um, for this week yeah. as well. Um, so, and I'd be a little bit worried with, with Cox's game that, you know, perhaps we give him 70% of the ruck this week and DCAM only gets 30% and plays a bit more forward, which will hurt his scoring. Cox was so good. <clears throat> like, what, what was that about? I, I, I truly didn't know that he had that sort of game in him, Nico. Where, where's that been? Oh, I don't know, mate. I, I have no idea. Um, only seen it once before against the Tigers in a final. Um, yeah, look, I, I don't know, just, he was actually crashing packs and like mm. playing without fear and just, he looked Moving good. through packs and giving yeah. handballs, uh, just remarkable. Um, I, I'm, I'm, and I'm not, not sure if you guys know, but he's, um, he's got an American, he's an American as well. Uh, oh. I don't know if they brought that up. So interesting. <laughs> is, is he, is he the one that has a basketball background as well? Is that the guy I'm thinking of? Uh, no, that's Scott Pendlebury. That's a uh, different guy. Of course, yeah, of course. Interesting. Um, I'm intrigued by this Darcy Cameron um, stuff, boys. I think it's it's one of those really ballsy moves that that could pay off for people. Um, he's currently at 494k break even of nine of 55. He's got that forward eligibility, which I think uh, is really attractive. Particularly if you've got sort of a, a Nick Madden on your on your four on your R3, you can rotate them through. Uh, I'm intrigued by it. Uh, I'm not sure that I'll do it, but it's it's on the radar for sure. Um, as we've been discussing it, I mean, making cash this year is just proving so difficult. So my second big topic of the week is I want to talk about downgrading. Uh, and before we get into the options that we've got on the list uh, of blokes to bring in, I want to talk about blokes that we get rid of because uh, there's no shortage of, of options to, to look at here. Uh, you spoke about Will Ashcroft in um, the first segment, Rain Man. He was absolutely brilliant against the Bombers, predictably. Uh, Brisbane midfield always chops us up. Uh, he scored a 97. That puts his break even up to 85. Has he done just enough for you that he's become a sort of a lower priority than, than getting some of these other guys off your field? Probably team dependent, I reckon, Eddie. Um, if you can absolutely get him to a primo, then I wouldn't begrudge anybody doing that. The, the question is, who do you replace him with? Like, I think he's good enough at M8. Um, if, if he's your worst problem, I think your team's probably travelling okay. Having said that, if you can use, you know, a boost and three trades and get some good coin to take three rookies off and get two, you know, discounted primos on, I'd certainly encourage that as well. He's a Gabba player. So you can hold him this yeah. way. <laughs> yeah, against Gold Coast too. So 
the big Q clash, which we're all so excited for. Uh, Nico, um, you mentioned earlier in the week that you were you were struggling a little bit for options in terms of moving guys on from your team. One name that you floated was Chin Cotter, uh, which feels like it's a pretty early move on a guy that's probably just come into most teams. He's got a break even of 22. Uh, talk me through your reasoning behind thinking about getting rid of him this early. Yeah, so it's obviously how much money I've got available on the bench. Um, so Chin Cotter's at 220 thereabouts. I've got Alwyn Davy at 194, and I've got JVR at 250. So, yeah, I guess it's about you know how much money you can squeeze out of these players to upgrade Hopper to someone like a Walsh, which is what I'm sort of planning to do. Yeah. Um, and I mean, if Chincotta loses his spot in the team, it it, it might force my trade that way, um, rather than going at an Alwyn Davy who might reclaim his spot. Who knows? But yeah. I'm weighing up a I'm weighing up a Matt Johnson or um, Matty Roberts trade at this point. No, um, I just uh, they're just burning space on my bench, Nico. I, I need back this week. He might get a game. Uh, Johnson's probably out of consideration, but but Matty Roberts, who's who's not going to come back into the team, he's sitting at sort of that 150k mark. You know, can you get him down to a Harry Sharp or up to a Humphrey? Even I don't know. It's it's proving a little tricky tricky to navigate. Uh, Rain man, what about the D's boys, um, Van Ruyen and Chandler? Uh, are those boys on the chopping block? Chandler in particular, I think, is uh, is starting to, to move out of a lot of teams given his performance on the weekend. Uh, what do you make of those two in terms of the priorities to get rid of them? Yeah, Chandler gone, I reckon. Um, no point mucking around there. He's been a great cash cow, one of our better cash cows this year. Um, but his time has come. Um, he's just going to burn money now, even if he has a couple of good scores. Um, I'd, and, and against Port this week, you could probably argue that he probably won't. Um, so, yeah, he's gone. He's, he's, made, he's got some good cash sitting there that you can turn into someone else. Um, JVR, I actually got rid of him last week, uh, which was probably a week too early. But... He he's going to fluctuate a little bit. He's definitely best twenty-two. I think he's cemented that spot really well. He's keeping Brown and McDonald out of that side, um, but his scoring is going to fluctuate. He's going to be up probably against Alira Lear this week. That's a tough matchup. Mm. You can't see him hugely dominating that. So yeah, I reckon if you've got the the chance to put a bullet in him, do it. Always Dewey at Adelaide Oval on on night games as well, which which doesn't suit the key forwards. Uh, yeah, I think Bro, he's one. Man wants to kill him. <laughs> Yeah, well, we've talked we've talked about how much I hate people, Nico. So, <laughs> one of the more vitriolic super coach players I've ever seen, Rain Man. Rain Man, I absolutely love it. Uh, we all need a bit of spice in our lives. Um, that's probably the boring side of things when it comes to rookies talking about who to cull. I think now we've we've got plenty of options to talk about this week in terms of who to bring in, and I wanted to start with. You know, Rory Atkins was probably the most divisive um, trade-in option last week. We we did that one to death. I got flamed on Twitter for some bad takes about it. Um, <laughs> it was fantastic. We all loved it. Uh, he's got a Gold Coast mate who's who's proving almost as divisive this week. Uh, it's Bailey Humphrey, who is one of the, the Gold Coast sort of high draft picks. He's come in. He's played all right in his first couple and then just absolutely exploded last weekend. Uh, absolutely went to town. Uh, it was obviously pretty subpar opposition. But what did you make of him, Rain Man? And what do you make of him as an option at that sort of 200K price range? It's so interesting that everybody scoffed at Atkins and they're basically just wanting to jump on Humphrey. It's rinse and repeat <laughs> week on week. It really is. Um, look, I think there's a fair bit of recency bias in this. He had a great score. He's had some absolute 
pants scores. Yeah, he's had four scores under 43. Um, that's not great. I don't want to be spending 215K on that. I know he's got a really low break even. Um, that 100 is going to be in his score for a couple of weeks. But they've got a really healthy list as well. If you, if you look at their reserves, they've got a lot of AFL-listed players playing there. Um, and, you know, pre-season, there was a guy called Sam Flanders. Everyone was fawning over kind of the same thing. I, I just get those vibes about it. So it's a no for me. Nico, what do you make of it? Because I'm, I'm personally, he's, it's currently, he's sitting there in my team. He's got that forward status, uh, really highly touted draft pick, was too good for the VFL. He's coming in and he's sort of building a role for himself in the midfield. I think there are a lot of things pointing towards it that perhaps weren't pointing towards Rory Atkins. Where are you standing on this one? Well, just before I go there, uh, there's a funny meme that I saw. You know that woman who like screws up her face at, at an option? It's like, Atkins and she was like, oh, and it's, and it's like Humphrey. It's like, oh, maybe. <laughs> um, he got a minus three two weeks ago, like, and got subbed out of the match. So I don't know. He, he's probably Atkins has got a better role, super coach wise, yeah. than him. So I reckon that was probably the play last week. And if if they didn't have this perfect buy, I don't reckon we'd be talking about it. Yeah, I think it's the buy that that probably makes him, along with the forward status, that makes him most attractive. I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't know. I've got him in a keep league draft team, so I think I'm a little bit biased towards him. I've been watching him very closely. I think he's a really going to be a really really good footballer. So it's just yeah, it's it's one of those fifty fifty calls. I think he could easily average sort of sixty five from now on and be a really worthwhile um, addition at that price, or he could drop a couple of forties and be out of the side. Um, it's mm-hmm. a really really tough one. You're gonna have to back your gut. On that one, uh, the second most traded in rookie so far this week, uh, he's coming into my team at the moment, is Harry Sharp from the Brisbane Lions. Uh, Nico, what can you tell me about him and, and how have his last sort of couple of weeks gone? It is boosting from the sounds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I like him. I think I think he's got a, a wing role and he got 17 touches on the weekend and went at 71% disposal efficiency. And so he used the ball a lot better this week than he did last week. And um, I think he holds his spot. I think he's a he's the best option this week. I think that's I think that's a fair take. He also has a pretty pretty nice little draw coming up. They've got Gold Coast, Adelaide, and then Hawthorne uh, at the MCG in a couple of weeks. So it's not like they're they're playing sort of the cream of the crop here, Brisbane. I, I think I'm on board with him. I think he's probably the number one trading option this week. Do you do you agree with that one, Rain Man, or are you looking elsewhere? No, I really like him too. He just passed the eye test. I thought he looked really good. Um, he, the, you can see a natural spot in that midfield. They've got a, you know, they've only probably got a couple out. Rich might be the mm. only one really. They um, got two, and yeah, I, two on the injury list. Yeah, so I, I think the roles is is his to lose. I reckon we get a good few weeks out of him. Yeah, I reckon it's worth the punt. And I think you know if you did a something like a Chandler to Harry Sharp, you make about 260K. That's that's pretty handy. Hmm. That's good going. Um, if no, another form- no school exams this year either, so should be right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's why you guys, you, you got, the, got that deep knowledge most of us don't have, Nico. Uh, one of his former Brisbane Lions teammates, Tommy Berry, is another one that's on a lot of radars. Price, he's at 123K, break even of negative 34. He's currently in 4% of teams. He feels like a bit of a trap to me, Rain Man. Um, any interest in that direction? 4% is about 3.9% too many of teams, I reckon. Um, yeah, he feels very trappy. Um, that spot's definitely under question. Again, as we talked around with the Gold Coast list, I, th- I think they've got a lot uh, that aren't playing there at the moment. So 
I can't see him in the team long term, uh, maybe even not this week. So I, I wouldn't go there. Can you believe, Nico, that Blake Drury is in 33% of teams currently? What do you make yeah. of that? How often do we preach it? Like, don't go early on rookies, and this is why you don't do it. So 17. Oh, jeez. I don't know, but, but I might trade him in. If he's named, I think I'll probably get him in for JVR because I just need that cash. That extra 18K that he's got on some of the other options, he's at 102K, mm. so cheap. Um, yeah. My issue with him is that uh, North, uh, I mean, they've just got, they're, they're a revol- revolving door at the moment. They've got guys like George Wardlaw mm. in the twos who's going to have to come in. Um, we've got Taron Thomas who got through his first VFL game on the weekend who's there's some buzz around him potentially playing. You know, they've been lambasted in the media this week, North, for their poor efforts. Colin um, Jones kicked nine in the VFL. He'll come yeah. in. They're going to have to make some wholesale wholesale changes. Uh, I just I'm not 100 percent sure if he does get picked this week, and even if he does, uh, his long term prospects are not good. Uh, Rainman, can you shed any further light on the on the jury situation? I was one of the guilty ones that bought him in uh, last yeah. week just because I needed the cash to get get to the next one. Um, didn't have him on field, thankfully, but you know it was a it was a shit out score that's going to really stop his cash generation. Um, but look. <sighs> I'm hoping North are pretty crap, let's be fair. So, you know, it, it's not like uh, crap players are going to be booted out of their team. They're not Melbourne or Collingwood. So it, maybe he gets a run. Clarko seems to like him. Yeah. Not really yeah, sure yeah, why, based yeah. on their performance. <laughs> <laughs> I feel uh, like Clarko's the kind of coach who gives them another chance. So Yeah. Uh, yeah. Slightly wishful thinking, I think. What, it, Nico, let's talk hypotheticals. Let's say Drury is named. Yeah. Uh, and let's say Tommy Berry and Bailey Humphrey are also named, and let's assume Harry Sharp's going to be mm. your other rookie downgrade. Who do you pick out of Drury, Sharp, uh, Drury Berry, and Humphrey? Uh, Drury, just based on the price. Yep. Is there? Can we talk you into anyone else? I know you, you've kind of had a little soft spot for Campbell Chesser. If he's named, there's some talk, <laughs> some talk about him being named. Is is he any chance? I think his scoring potential is just too low. Like you'll probably just. Drop a twenty. Like, what's the point? You might as well just have no one play for you in the buys. Like, <laughs> you just wasted a trade. Like, as well just delete. You might as well just delete your team at that point. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, he doesn't fill me with any sort of excitement. The only other one I had my had on my list, Rain Man, and um, I actually I'll, I'll admit I haven't watched any Geelong games, so I don't know a heap about him. Is Mitch Nevitt? Uh, he's, he's I know he's got some seriously blonde hair. He stands out from mm. the pack. Um, is he? Yeah, is he any chance of, of coming into a few teams? It's funny you say that. I, I saw his name on the run sheet. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? I had to go and look him up. Um, look, uh, he, he's obviously scoring okay. The last couple of, couple of rounds, he's, I think he's popped 70s, which is good. Mm. Um, I know that there's a few likely back soon. Uh, they've got a few out at the moment, and there's going to be a heap comeback. I'd just say tread with caution with him. Um, I could understand why you might do it, though. I th- yeah, a lot of people I know brought him in last week and are pretty happy with that move. It's looking like a great move. He's gone 72 and mm. 71 in back-to-back games. Uh, looks to have a pretty decent role. Um, I don't really know what to make of him. All I know is he's priced at the same price as Bailey Humphrey. Mm. Um, and I think he could <laughs> potentially be a better alternative than Humphrey. Uh, he, he's but, got a better role than Tanner Bruin in the team, which is crazy. Yeah. Like, so the coach must rate him. 
He's also got that that fabled buy that we always talk about, Nico. So mm-hmm. Cats and the Suns both have that buy. So unfortunately, not a differentiator there with him and Humphrey. Uh, much to think about when it comes to rookies. For the record, uh, I'm currently going with Humphrey and Sharp. But if Drury's named, I think I'll probably end up um, switching out Humphrey for, for Drury. Just that extra 80K is going to be so valuable at some point. Uh, well, it's time to discuss a few upgrade options, boys. And I'm actually really excited to get into this because you mentioned bargain shopping before Rainman, and I feel like we've got bargains aplenty around the place here. The first one, um, the first cab off the rank is a guy that I brought in last week and uh, and was really happy with his performance. Uh, it's Sam Doherty from Carlton. Now, we've spoken a lot about his role at different points this year. And uh, as one of the most diehard Carlton fans I know, what can you what can you shed any light? What light can you shed on what Doherty's kind of kind of place in that Carlton team at the moment, and what can we expect from him going forward, scoring wise? The role is an interesting one because he's you know he can be a little bit of a seagull. He plays that little forty five, slow the pace down, get the ball back a little bit, and that's not what Carlton need right at the moment. They just need to they need to be a little bit more reckless, and they need to use movement and speed on the ball. Having said that. Doherty is a pretty flexible player and he can kind of do, he can plug a lot of gaps. Um, I think the good thing about him is his three-game average is around about 103, uh, which is really good. But also, they've got five of their next six at the G and over his career, he averages 103 at the G. So it's hard to say no to that. Um, and if Colton continue to be pass, there's going to be more ball in that back line. So, look, I, I think it's a win-win. Um, the only caveat would be around your buy structure, clearly, uh, and that's something we've really got to think of, particularly for trades in the next couple of weeks. We speak of bottoming out as the best time to jump on a player, and I think Doherty is, uh, is right at the bottom of that curve at the moment. He's at 518K. He went up 10K in price last round. His break even's 90, so I think it's one of those ones where if you do want to pull the trigger on him, you're going to have to do so pretty quickly. Nico, in terms of other op- uh, other upgrade options in defense, um, I sort of gave uh, sort of gave you some guidance on this, but I also want to hear some of your thoughts. Uh, who do you like in that in that defensive sort of? You know, we've we've kind of touched on a lot of the lot of players this year. That the more popular guys like Dawson and, and Sicily and Will Day. Mm. Who do you like that that maybe falls outside of that populous range? Yeah, well, I think Sicily is probably the one who's bottomed out this week and, and looks the right one. But thinking outside the square, guys like maybe like Darcy Moore is an interesting pick. He's He's been dropping a few good scores at the skipper of the pies. He does have an issue with a bit of an infected elbow that he seems to be managing at the moment. But he's got one of those great games where his dream team to super coach ratio is, is in our favor. Uh, and he takes a lot of intercept marks and all that kind of stuff. Probably a bit too risky a pick for me, but um, maybe it's you know something you want to try. Probably at the opposite end of bottoming out, to be to be honest, is, is Jack Siebel, who's at 580k. But I think he's, he's probably at the point where we need to consider him as a top six, either defender or forward or both. Uh, he's now in 31% of teams, so he's, he's not that point of difference option. I think a lot of people like me have sort of held off on bringing him in just because I think he's, uh, yeah, I, I'm struggling to think, I struggle to see how he can continue having this role in this north side. Uh, Rainman, can you talk me into or out of the idea of Jack Siebel? Um. Yeah, look, it's it's hard to say no, really, given his form. Um, he's the ultimate seagull. They're playing under the roof again at Marvel, I believe, this week, which he just kind of cuts it up at. So, um, look, it's clearly late jumping on him if you do, but it's hard to see a reason why you can't because I don't think there is a really defined kind of top six, top eight defenders and on form he's got to be part of the conversation. 
He's got five straight tons. Uh, his lowest score of the year is 78 against Hawthorne in Tassie, which, as we know, is yep. one of those ones you can you kind of have to take with a grain of salt. Uh, he's been unbelievable. I mean, I, I keep waiting for this to run out. Do we? Uh, like, we're probably just going to have to recognise this this run of form is not going to stop, right? Yeah. Yeah, look, until we see any different, um, he's playing that stupid, unaccountable, just kick it to me role, um, which made him and Aaron Hall such popular picks back in the day. So, you know, Clarko is obviously supporting that unless, you know, unless Sydney runs some kind of uh, negative tag on him this week. But why would you? You're going to smash him anyway. So, yeah. I'm excited to get into this Brian next. Clark. Ooh, interesting. Surely not. Surely they don't. Surely you just don't bother tagging him at this point. What's evil actually doing to hurt you? Nothing. Yeah, yeah. It's, the, it's the cheapest of kicks. Uh, I'm very excited to get into this, Nico. Who do you, who have you got your eye on in the midfield? Because I think there's there's a number of options here. Uh, I'm very excited to see to hear about the player that you've chosen to 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 put your eye on in the midfield line here. Yeah, Sam Walsh is my number one uh, target. He's mine too. Yeah, he just he's looking good. He doesn't have a great role. He's sort of a little bit out of the CBAs, floating a bit forward, which obviously is a good thing for us super coaches. Um, and hopefully he can just be full time mid um, after round twelve. But yeah, I mean he was in forty three percent of CBAs on the weekend. Um, he's just he's still averaging one hundred and fifteen. Um, you know, d- despite not having you know, his regular CBA numbers. So I think Bam Bam Kennedy um, had a bit of a spike this week, um, Rayman, if I'm, if I'm right. And um, yep, yeah, so I don't know. I think I'm really keen on him despite, you know, his, his price uh, at 600K and the round 15 buy, which are going to put off a lot of people. But hopefully, uh, I guess maybe not too many are going to jump on him because of that and it's going to benefit the people who do. I need your expertise here, Rainman. What what what's going on? What's going on with Walsh? What what is this role? What is going on with his centre bounce attendances? How is he still scoring so well? Um, please enlighten me. Yeah, he's just a gut runner. He always has been, and they've really missed that uh, with him being out. So I think what they're really trying to do is focus on well, who bloody knows week on week. To be fair, um, but the the main mid rotation of of Hewitt and Cripps and Chera and Kennedy seems to be the one. Um, so he's he's then playing on the outside. They've got both wings covered with, you know, with decent wingmen in Acres and Holland and Cottrell now into that rotation as well. So it gives him the ability to kind of run his own licence a little bit, which means he's running forward, he's helping support, he's putting some polish up forward. So I think it's absolutely sustainable. Obviously, the carrot of DPP makes it even more attractive. Well, it seems like he's almost a, a lock to get that at this point. I saw um, the good, the great Tim Mitchell over at um, over at uh, the Herald Sun put out an article with his uh, his DPP possibilities, and it looks like Sam Walsh is. I mean, he's at forty percent forward um, to this point, yeah. so it's going to take a bit of a whack over the next couple of rounds for him not to get forward. I, I'm personally not trading him in with the uh, the intention of him moving forward. I think that's just a bonus. I, I, can't, I like him as a mid. I mean, as Nico said, he's averaging 115. He's yet to drop below 100 so far this year. He's been extremely consistent. Uh, he's going to be coming into my team this week one way or another, unless sort of something disastrous happens injury-wise. Uh, he's locked in. Uh, the only other guy in the midfield that I really wanted to talk about, Nico, was Jordan Degoe. Uh, I think a couple of the the, um, the SC Playbook crew have been thinking about bringing him in. He's had a fantastic year. Uh, he's, he's beating up on all the crap teams as we knew he would. Um, but he seems to have added a little another element of consistency 
to his game that might have been lacking in seasons past. Uh, are you are you are, are you a fan? Are you on board? He's definitely on fire. I have spruiked him a little bit uh, this year uh, as a bit of a point of difference uh, option. Um, he just does have the tendency to miss a game randomly for some random thing here and there. So, uh, and he can drop a, a sixty or a seventy, which you know he already has done. Um, this year. So they're kind of the reasons why I'm going to avoid him. He's not the kind of player that um, I like to have in my side unless I could pick him as a forward like I, I did a few years back. Um, but I think there's clear value there uh, at that 500k price range and I reckon he's the go-to if you're shopping in that, that price bracket. Interesting. I, I, was it you, Was it you, Rainman, that said in our SC Playbook chat that you were going to break your no dickheads policy and bring in Dugowie? <laughs> I think it was Charlie, but I'm, I'm in agreement. He, he's, he's very much in my trade plans this week, uh, partially for that discounted price. I feel like he's brought his game to another level. Um, cognizant of everything that Nico's just said, there is some variability there. I think there's more upside, though. So um, at, at 500K, you know, a guy that can can pump out a 130, 140, but on a bad day is around about 100. I reckon that's probably pretty good buying. I expect him to go well against Carlton. Uh, and he's yes. got North Melbourne and West Coast after that. It, it, exactly. So the, the Pies run coming up is good. So same same reason I've kind of had half an eye on um, Tommy X Pig Mitchell as well. But at price um, and upside, you, you've got to go JDG over that. The dickhead factor is too strong for me, boys. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. The Pies have made themselves so likable this year. Did you see that footage of Bo McCreary's yeah. mum giving the pregame? I mean, yeah. that was that was almost too much for me as a... I actually as a thought it was Bo McCreary. Looks a lot like his mum. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just I can't do it. I'm, I'm I'm liking the pies too much. I can't I can't bring in Dugowie at this point. I want to quickly because we we do tend to skip the rucks a lot in these segments, and I did want to briefly touch on a couple of ruckmen. I mean, Tim English, Nico. Uh, for me, he was almost like a number one priority about a month ago. You know, we're talking about him in the same breath as Clayton Oliver. Um, you know, did we have to bring him in? Was he really important? Is he sort of has he passed that point for you? Is it now? Are you still desperate to get him, or is it now a lower priority? It's definitely a lower priority. I was very tempted to move Darcy to him for the last sort of couple of weeks, but as I mentioned earlier, Darcy seems to be bridging that gap a little bit. Um, so, look, I think he's still the premier ruck. Uh, he's probably just played a couple of really good ruckmen recently. So we know from history this year that the Hawks are pretty good at negating the opposition ruckmen. And... Um, and I think actually the the Blues ruck um, goes goes alright as well. So I've forgotten Big his name. Pit. Pit, yeah, Pitnet. Um, he's actually a pretty good tap ruckman as well. So and not you know the worst around the ground. So yeah, look, I think I, I'm still expecting him to sort of go back to those 120 scores, you know, pretty soon. Yeah, and I reckon the other thing um, is. Dogs are actually playing pretty well now. You know, the, the last four have been pretty good. English has probably been down in his last three. I don't know if there's a, if the old correlation or causation argument comes into play there. Um, but having playing lob a little bit further up the ground, I wonder if that's chopping out a little bit of English's time. Um, it, it's interesting. I, as a non-owner, loving to see this, this drop a little bit. Um, but I, I reckon Nico's right. He does come back up, um, you know, really soon, I, I would imagine. 
the only other one I want to talk about in the ruck line is Todd Goldstein, who's been just on absolute fire the last few rounds. Uh, Nico, is that is that giving you any pause for concern? Are we are we is Goldstein in any plans? Uh, you're shaking your head at me. No, yeah, no, no. There's just too many better options. I think. Um, I mean, he what bullied Port, who didn't have Lysette. I mean, you should be scoring well against Finlayson and Tickle. Indeed. Um, I reckon we'll move on to our last big topic for the week, boys. And I just wanted to get a bit of a, an idea of where you guys are at with uh, your boosts and your trades. So as Nico, you rightly deduced before, I'm boosting this week. That'll leave me with one boost to go. I was wondering where, where you're at in terms of your boost. I know the SC Bandit has been absolutely burning through his. He got through his all his boosts a couple of weeks ago, I believe. So where are you at, Nico? Yeah, so I've got one boost left and 18 trades remaining. So I've got... If I'm counting correctly, about one, three rookie spots and, and one injury to sort of correct on my field. Yeah. And how are you feeling about that spot? I'm feeling pretty good about it. I don't love my cash gen on my bench. Um, so that's obviously maybe going to stop me from getting to the team I really sort of want to have. Uh, and I might have to settle for, you know, a few of some value options, I guess, maybe in, in three or four weeks' time. But I'm feeling pretty good about it overall. I think the, the big question, Rayman, is is how to decide when to boost and when not to boost. So for me this week, it feels like a, mm. a really good boosting opportunity. There's a lot of rookies. I mean, they're not all good options, but there is a there is a lot of options coming through. How do you sort of weigh up that decision when and when not to use your boost and how valuable are they? Look, I think we've been treating them like candy this year, to be honest, and sometimes we've had to um, with injuries. Uh, I, I just think it's when the options present themselves. Now, whether that be a discounted upgrade or getting somebody that's come off a bad score or some rookies uh, come up, I think you, you've just got to make the call at the time. I, I'm not a huge believer in holding on to them uh, for the latter part of the year. Um, you know, they're a reasonably new invention for us. We haven't had them previously, and we've all survived pretty well in the Supercoach landscape. So, uh, I reckon it's a it's a personal call on a team basis. If you can do a if you can do a, a you know a, a three for two or or something like that by using that boost, I reckon it's definitely worthwhile doing it. I'm all for using them up. I think they're um, yep pretty much like once we get to the buys, you've you've got three for three consecutive weeks available during the buy yep. period. Well, f- what happens with the mm, do we get three for four weeks this year? Good question. I think we probably will, yeah. Mm, gonna, they, I think we do. Be pointless come round 12. Very true. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, I think yeah. I think use them up. Personally. How many have you got left, Rain Man? I'm in exactly the same position as Nico. So one boost, 18 trades. Um, with potential of boosting this week, it, it's certainly a consideration. May not, may just use one trade. Just, um, yeah, tossing that about at the moment. But, yeah, c- incomplete agreements, you know, and no point saving them. Uh, Bandit went hard and went hard early, um, which which is great to see. Maybe a little bit too hard, but time will tell on that. But, yeah, you, you, you've got to be aggressive. And I think doing it now, trying to get those rookies off field. We know the rookies have generally been pretty shit apart from a few exceptions. So getting them off field and getting somebody more decent on is a good play. Uh, well, it's obviously a massive time of the year for content. We've got DPP players coming out soon. We've got you know weekly injuries to chat about all times uh, at all times going on. So I did want to give the SC Playbook subscription package a bit of a plug on the podcast. It's $50 for the full package, which gets you access to all of our 
NRL, AFL, and BBL content for the next 12 months. Uh, it's $30 only if you want to just get out the AFL side of things, which gets you access to all of our extra premium articles on the website, um, as well as what I think is the big prize of signing up, which is access to our uh, WhatsApp chat with uh, with the SC Playbook community and you know all the contributors involved in there. It's been uh, absolutely humming the last few weeks, especially uh, lots of guys posting their trades and their teams and, and getting all of our thoughts on it, which is absolutely fantastic. So if you are interested to, on, in uh, in that, head over to the SC Playbook website and you'll be able to sign up over there. It's a, it's a fantastic package. Uh, I very highly recommend it. Boys, I've already spoken a little bit about my plans for this week, so I'm not going to rehash those. Nico, I want to find out what you're leaning towards trade-wise heading into round 10. Yeah, so I'm, I'm kind of leaning to, towards using my last boost and um, thinking Davey, JVR and Hopper to Sharp, Drury and Walsh. And that will leave me 70k for you know the next couple of weeks. Um, or if Chincotta's dropped, I might look at Chincotta, JVR and Hopper to Walsh, Drury and Humphrey. I might bring in Humphrey if Chincotta's dropped. Is Chincotta a chance to get dropped, Rainman? He could he could be. They might bring Kerno was the starting sub uh, last week. They may bring him in as a negating role against the Pies um, and potentially um, drop Chincotta. Don't know. Um, I've given up trying to guess Colton's selection. It would be hard practices because they're just all over the shop. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. But look, there, there's guys that are. I mean, Josh Honey got five games in a row, averaging about three possessions. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know. <laughs> Bit of a basket case over there, which we love to see, don't we, Nico? Yeah, I think so. Uh, what are your plans this week? What are your plans this week, Rainman? Um, I'm, I'm either one or one of two things. So a simple trade is Chandler to Sharp and net two sixty k and just sit on it. Um, aggressive is three trades, which would, would be Chandler, Ashcroft, and Wilmot uh, for Sharp and two discounted semi primos. So probably Dugowie and sniffing around even someone like a Mitch Duncan, mm. uh, which is super risky but has a bit of a by play to it as well. Um, I've, I've got about – I'll have about 960 to spend on two semi-primos. So that, that might be the way I go. If I do that, it would leave me with one rookie on field, which I don't mind the idea of. Sounds kind of exciting. I've been pretty impressed with your your budget plays so far this year, uh, Rainman. So I'm, 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 whatever you're going with, I'm backing it in terms of uh, yeah, if it's Duncan or someone else a bit roger. I'm intrigued to see where you go with that. Nico, you've been our captains and vice captains expert for the last couple of years. Uh, what are we leaning towards this round? Can you can you help me with some of my captaincy decisions? Yeah, I'm kind of kind of leaning away from Clary this week. I don't, I don't like his record against yeah. Port. So I'm looking at backing in the form guy, and that's Goulden. So I think VC wow. on Errol. And I reckon I might captain Walsh if I need to. Um, so I think he's going to have a good one against Collingwood. Uh, we generally you know, don't pay a lot of attention to the opposition, so he'll probably just run around and do his own thing and has a great record against us. So, yeah, I'm kind of leaning that way. I might also put it on Nick if if there isn't that sort of negating player that Rob mentioned coming into the team. Very interesting. Uh, what are you what are you seeing, Rob? Is there anyone else that you can chuck in our, our vice-captain and captaincy mix? I'm, I'm really with Nico on, on avoiding Clary and even Bont mm. uh, to an extent. I do like Errol. I actually like Big Shrek. I think he's carrying some form. 
Um, so I, I could be tempted there. But realistically, I think I'm going to be looking at someone like Josh Dunkley to bounce back against Gold Coast on Saturday night. Um into Rowan Marshall in the last game. Rucks against Flynn have absolutely murdered him the last three weeks. Um, Rowan's on a bit of a tear. Uh, I know it's probably risky being last game to, to run your captain on, um, but I think he'll go a little bit berserk this week. Very interesting, boys. It's going to be a fascinating week for captains. Like you said, Nico, just that taking out that that Clary kind of guaranteed VC just throws a bit of a, a cat amongst the pigeons. Um, I'm excited to see where people go with it. It could be a chance to make up a few points here and there if you're smart. Uh, now, each round of the season, fellas, we're going to be producing an exclusive SC playbook market of our own through better this week's market is up on the better website you can have a look at it it's uh melbourne win zach butters 25 plus disposals and uh there's a max gorn leg in there as well which i can't quite grab at the moment but if you do want it, it's all over our website uh, go and check out we're very excited that we have the ability to integrate afl fantasy markets with better uh if you did want to follow along please head over to the sc playbook website and take a look at that they've got some great markets up on the, the better website uh, and we thank them for their support so far this season as well. It's important to remember that you win some, but you lose more. For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au. Last segment, boys, uh, we've got a couple of listener questions come through, which we always love getting from people. Uh, we love your feedback from out there in the SC Playbook community. So if you, every Monday we put up the post on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram. If you do have any questions that you want to send through, where we do love to answer them on the pod. We've got a couple of really good ones this week. The first one comes through on Twitter from at Jezza Hill. He wants to know, should I replace Hopper with Oliver and downgrade a bench rookie like Davey or move Hopper and Ashcroft to two mid-tier primos like Raul and Dugowie for that extra rookie off-field? I think this is a great question i'm intrigued to hear what your answer to it is nico yeah so look as we mentioned just then oliver's record against port isn't the best and he's putting up good scores without putting up great scores so i think you can hold until the buy to get clary in if you don't have him i actually quite like the second idea there of, of moving hopper and ashcroft to two mid-tier guys and getting that extra rookie off field i think we're in that stage where all we're doing, all we're trying to do is get those rookies off field and, and getting them to primo. So if you can get an extra one off, I'm all for that option. I completely agree. I love the idea of getting the two mid-tiers like Raul and Dugowie. I think we've, we've discussed Raul a lot in our SC Playbook chat. And yeah, he's one that I've been interested in for a long time. Um, the SC, Dan, it's been all over him from the start of the season. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty keen on Raul, even with... Even with uh, with your boy Took Miller back in the side, Nico, and um, competing with Rainman's boy Noah Anderson, I still think Rao's a really good shout. <laughs> uh, last question for today comes in from Adrian Butler on Facebook, and it's for you, Rainman. Uh, he wants to know: Are Dusty and Mitch Duncan worth considering? And I mean, it's pertinent given we've just talked about Mitch Duncan. I'm going to guess you're you're going to answer in the affirmative for that one at least. Look, it's super risky. Uh, they're both old. I mean, Dusty. <sighs> God, there's always an attraction because Champion Data have always loved him, but you know he had to kick four goals to get his just over a hundred on the weekend. Um, so you feel like that there's you know he's dropped some absolute stinkers. You could argue the same for uh, for Duncan. I think for me the attraction with Duncan is he's a little bit cheaper. Um, he does give us some buy navigation as well. So that's that's probably where I'm looking, but it comes with a shitload of risk. Mm, indeed, indeed. And and Dust, I mean, Dusty, he, he always chops the bombers up, it feels like to me. Uh, he was great on the weekend. I mean, he's getting old. Is there, you know, what can, can we really go there at this point? 
I don't think so. Yeah. No. Yeah, it, it, it would be a brave call to There's do. There's always it. someone who tears up the bombs. It was Neil last week, Dusty this week. Oh, mate. Well, when you, I think well, I saw today that I think we've lost 14 straight games to Richmond. I mean, how is that even possible? <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> oh, God. I, I'm so sick of seeing your smug Collingwood face come on this podcast, Nico. <laughs> Rain Man, I'd, I'd actually, even at this point, take a win from the Blues against the Pies. It's, it's getting that bad. Wow. Wow. It's that bad. Uh, uh, look, so, so, so would I, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm absolutely sick of it. Uh, what I'm not sick of is getting you two boys on the podcast. So very thankful for your time this evening, lads, amidst sick kids and, and terrible Wi-Fi and all sorts of things going on. It's been an absolute pleasure to have uh, two of the greats of the game on the podcast. Really appreciate your time this evening. Um, check, us, check us out on the socials. Check us out on the SC Playbook website. Uh, boys, uh, we'll speak to you next week.